Disney Plus and Netflix will soon introduce lower cost ad supported tiers. How will it impact subscriber mix and average revenue per unit? And where will the advertisers come from? Listen on to find out more. This is Endscreen Noise. My name is Colin Dixon, founder and chief analyst at Endscreen Media, and today is June 23rd, 2022. Today, we're going to be talking about a really hot topic in the industry right now, and that is SVOD services that are introducing ad-supported tiers. Now, of course, there are a couple of very high-profile companies, Disney+, Plus is one and Netflix is another that is about to do this and we're going to talk about the impact on the services that these ad supported tiers will have and a little bit of the impact on the industry so uh, I want to thank Hem Chandler for suggesting this topic I ran into Hem at the Connected TV Summit in London last month and we had a lovely chat and he told me that he listens to the podcast in his car on the work on the way to work every morning uh, and he suggested a couple of topics and this is one of the topic he suggested for the podcast so if you have a recommendation or an idea or something that you'd just like me to talk about so that you could learn more about it uh, for the podcast, just send an email to info at nscreenmedia.com and stick something appropriate in the title like a podcast topic or something like that. But before we get to that, I want to talk about a new white paper produced here at Nscreen Media, sponsored by the folks, the good folks at BitCentral, called O&O is not enough, hybrid business models and multi-partner distribution. And this is directly talking about this move of SVOD providers particularly, but it applies equally to AVOD and to fast service providers, of how they are beginning to examine their business models and realizing that an owned and operated app for distribution is not enough, that they need to go to multiple partners to distribute their content in multiple places and add multiple business models. And it talks about the dynamics in the market and it actually looks at a very specific example uh, and shows you how well a TV provider can do in the online space if it embraces multi-partner distribution and hybrid business models. Very easy to find this, just click on the research tab at the Endscreen Media website and it is right there at the top. And this, of course, is free thanks to the sponsorship of BitCentral. Okay, so on to our main topic. So I'm going to talk a lot about Disney Plus. I'll also talk a little bit about Netflix and we'll speculate there as well. Uh, so Disney Plus is actually continuing to do pretty well in the US and Canada markets. It gained 1.5 million subscribers in Canada and the US in the first quarter of this year, which is a 3% quarterly growth, 19% year over year growth. Uh, did even better go globally, growing 6% in the quarter and 33% year over year. It now has nearly 140 million subscribers worldwide. Uh, boy, catching up to Netflix fast. But the company really wants to keep the growth going, and it's looking to do that by introducing this cheaper ad-supported tier of service. And it's going to do that by the end of the year, according to Bob Chapek, 
who's the company's CEO. He says it's a win for everybody. Here's what he actually said in the earnings call for the first quarter of 2022. He said, I want to mention our recently announced plans to introduce an ad-supported subscription offering in the US by the end of the calendar year and internationally by 2023. Expanding Disney Plus access through multiple price points is a win for consumers and advertisers. And talking of price points, well, he hasn't told us what the price point will be, but I think we can probably speculate about where it'll come in, at least approximately. So if we look at HBO Max, for example, when HBO Max introduced introduced its ad-supported tier, it gave a 33% discount from $15 a month down to $10 a month. Discovery Plus, when it it introduced its service, it actually had an ad-supported tier on introduction and it gave a 30% discount. And Hulu gives an even bigger discount. There's a 50% discount, $12 down to six, if you are willing to watch with ads. Now, the current cost of Disney Plus is $8.799 a month. And I think an attractive price would probably be $5.99 a month, $2 discount. An aggressive approach might be $4 a month. So perhaps Disney will split the difference and the price and price the ad supported tier at around $5 a month. That's a $2 discount from where they are right now. Although thinking about it, I mightn't be surprised if they went uh, for $3.99 at least initially. Netflix is a harder read. Uh, Netflix has tiers at $10, $15.50 a month and $20 a month. And I've got a feeling that Netflix is going to do something a little bit more sophisticated than Disney+. Plus. I think it might give a $5 discount on its entry-level and its mid-level tiers. So $10 down to $5 for the entry-level tier and $15.50 down to $10.50 or maybe if we're lucky, $10 at that middle tier. So I think those are the sorts of discounts I'm expecting to see. What impact will those discounts have on the subscriber mix? Well, Christine McCarthy, who's Disney's senior executive of uh, senior exec- executive vice president and chief financial officer of Disney, he, she was asked this in the earnings call, and she neatly dodged the question. Uh, but I think we can get a good idea, and here we're going to leverage some new data from Hub Entertainment Research that was put out last month, and basically what Hub did was it asked its US survey participants that were subscribed to a specific BOD service that had an ad tier if they were actually using it. And it's fascinating data that basically they found that HBO Max, which introduced its ad supported tier just a little bit over nine months ago now, 28% of the subscribers to HBO Max said that they were actually watching ads with that service. And uh, other services like uh, Discovery Plus I mentioned earlier, that introduced with the ad tier and many more are actually subscribing. 44% say they are watching with ads. Hulu, which we also mentioned, even higher, 58% say they are subscribed with ads. So what does this mean? Well, how do we think that this is going to impact Disney Plus? Of all the services In that hub survey, I think HBO Max most closely mirrors the situation Disney Plus faces. The mix between ad-free and ad-supported viewers at HBO Max 
I think was most heavily affected by the fact that it was it already had a large existing group of ad free viewers. Certainly Disney Plus has that. The difference in price between ad free and ad supported viewing, which in this case for HBO Max was 33 percent and the historical expectations of the HBO audience. So Disney Plus, like HBO Max, has a large group, 40 plus, 44 million uh, US and Canada uh, ad-free viewers today. And most of its content, I think, is quite similar to HBO. It's very engaging. People will want to watch it with an ad-free viewing experience if they can afford to do that. Uh, so the really only the wild the only wild card here is the difference in price between the ad free and the ad supported viewing, uh, and assuming Disney's Disney Plus price is the ad supported tier at four ninety nine or maybe five ninety nine a month, I'd expect about a third of subscribers to be on it within a year of its launch, based on what we're seeing with HBO Max. Uh, and I think you can probably expect a similar performance there at Netflix, depending on how they price it. OK, so what is the impact on the average revenue it earns from each subscriber, so-called ARPU, average revenue per unit? Well, Hulu's performance, I think, suggests that Disney Plus is going to see a net drop. And here's why. When Hulu lowered the cost of its entry-level ad-supported tier by $2 back at the beginning of 2019, it actually saw its ARPU drop. Hulu's on-demand ARPU at that time was $14.49, and in the quarter just after, it fell $1.76 to $12.73, $12.73. And you know, it has stayed at about that level ever since. It's not really changed much. It's gone up a bit, gone down a bit, but it's really oscillated around that level and not gone back up to the $14.50 that it was earning pre the price drop of that low entry level tier. But you know, I don't think that Hulu's management care because it really ignited a big spurt in subscriber growth. The service added 12 million subscribers in 2019. That's versus 6 million the year before. So it basically doubled the number of subscribers it got. So I think it more than made up for that loss in revenue with a massive increase in subscribers. So can Disney Plus do as well as Hulu? Well, I gotta tell you, I don't think it can. Here's why. In the quarter ending in December 2021, Disney Plus and Hulu had around about the same number of US subscribers. But I was looking at Comscore's new state of streaming report, and it says that Hulu households were streaming uh, streamed 33 hours of content from Hulu in March of 2022. Disney Plus households only streamed 13 hours. That's almost a third. And it's even more extreme, the difference with Netflix. Netflix users were streaming 43 hours in March. This, I think, is a huge difference between Disney and Hulu and Disney and Netflix that will have a really huge impact on Disney Plus's ability to earn advertising revenue. 
Now, it is being very aggressive with what it wants to charge. It says it's going to charge $60 per thousand views, or that's called CPM in the industry, uh, which is definitely towards the high end and definitely where the sort of territory that Hulu currently inhabits. But it also says it will only be showing four minutes of ads per hour watched. That is the lowest in the industry. HBO Max was the previous low. And it was showing five minutes. And I think Peacock as well is showing five minutes. So Disney is coming in even lower. But the problem is with such low viewing times per, per subscriber, I doubt it'll be able to recoup the lost subscription revenue. I don't think it will come anywhere near that. Uh, so the one hope that Disney can have with this lowered price is that it drives a huge increase in subscribers. If it doesn't, well, I'm really worried about the impact. And ironically, I've actually seen estimates that say that Disney Plus will earn more ad revenue than Netflix. Well, looking at that Comscore data, I don't agree. Viewing times at Netflix are great. That's uh, 43 hours a month. And its ad inventory, I believe, will be highly sought after. So I'm betting it will earn far more than Disney Plus from ads when it introduces that ad tier. So when Disney Plus introduces the ad tier, I think we should expect its US and Canada ARPU to drop, settle at a lower value, considerably below the $6.32 it is today, and probably sit there for quite a while. Now, where will the ads, ad revenue come from that people spend with Disney and with Netflix? Uh, that's pretty hard to say. I mean, is it going to come from TV? Is it going to come from existing Avod and Fast services? Well, with Disney, i got to say I think it's going to come from the TV providers. Disney has been working with a stable of top advertisers for decades through ABC and its cable channels like Disney and... Uh, and, and Disney Kids and, and and all of the all of the other cable channels it's been it's been providing ESPN for example, and I've no doubt it will continue to work with these advertisers to help them to continue to reach the audiences that are now beginning to migrate wholesale, wholesale online. I suspect that this will be a key pitch to its advertisers in television. So I think. It could negatively impact the ad revenue on existing Disney TV channels as some of that money migrates online. And as well, the other thing that, that probably will make it less interesting for existing AVOD and fast advertisers to buy with Disney is it's really looking for top dollar for those ads. And it is not, I, I'm almost cer certain that the advertisers on services, on AVOD services and fast services, aren't spending anything like 50 or $60 a CPM per thousand views, that is. Uh, so I've got a feeling that those advertisers will continue to stick with the AVOD and fast services, provided, of course, they're getting the results that they want, because it's just at a cheaper price, right? Netflix here is a bit of a wild card. I got a feeling it will command very high ad values. A lot of advertisers have been salivating, I think, at the opportunity to advertise to Netflix customers looking at the number of people who are watching and the length of time that they are watching. These are people that 
advertisers haven't been able to reach for quite a while, I think, and they'll jump at the chance to advertise in, inside Netflix, which will mean it will be a very attracting, attracting a premium for its advertisements, just like Disney+. Plus. So its ad tier could materially impact TV advertising, not Avod and Fast, because those guys are, are probably going to stick with Avod and Fast, where the advertising rates are a bit cheaper than they, sh- they will probably find in Netflix. There we have it. I think this is a big gamble by Disney. I think it's less of a gamble for Netflix. This is something that Netflix has to do. But for both, they will be judged, I think, on two things and two things alone. Does it ignite a growth spurt of subscribers, which will help drive new revenue? And does it deliver at least enough ad revenue to make up for the discounted subscription fees? If Netflix and Disney can do both with their services when they introduce the ad tier, I think it will be roundly congratulated as a success. And if they fail, well, I think we know what will happen. Okay, so that's what I think is going to be the impact of the ad supported tiers at Disney and Netflix. And if you want to learn much more about this topic of new monetization models and new distribution models, then you pick up a copy of that uh, new report at the Endscreen Media website on the research tab. Owned and operated is not enough. Hybrid distribution models and multi-partner distribution. Well, we covered a lot in today's podcast. And so if you want to read a rough transcript of what we discussed, just come to the Endscreen Media website and find the posting for Endscreen Noise for this week. It's on the opinions page. And you can click on that and read a lot of what we discussed right there. This has been Colin Dixon with Endscreen Media. I'll see you again next time. This podcast is a production of Endscreen Media, all rights reserved.